Hey, welcome to the Merging Minds podcast, the first episode. Today, we're going to be talking with Thomas, our guest, on the possibility that mental illness may really be a part of spiritual awakening, that mental illness has many spiritual gifts, and he's helping people with mental illness uncover those gifts and guide them through a spiritual awakening. So let's go talk to Thomas and see what we can learn. Hey, Thomas. Cool. Hey, Keith. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks as well. I'd love to just learn more um, about what you do and like hear from you, you know, explain more about what you do. And I, I was diagnosed with a mental illness, bipolar 2, uh, manic depressant. So I thought depression ran in my family. You know, that's what people say. And then after I actually wrote my master thesis, I got paid to write my master thesis and I wrote it about healthcare systems. And... And then I started working at healthcare um, publishers, so they would publish medical information. And then I learned that the third leading cause for death in the United States are actually medical errors, which is really interesting. Right. I didn't know that. So I saw there's a mismatch between scientific facts and what's generally believed to be true. And a lot has to do with advertising and, of course, um, commercial reasons. So I just started investigating and as part of my own healing journey, I, I, I integrated all kinds of aspects. And then one of the aspects was um, spirituality. So it really helped me understand what other perceive as a mental illness. I got to understand it as something that's a different perspective on consciousness. Yeah. So in a way, I see things differently than other people see them. And if there are too many people seeing one thing a, a certain way, and you're the only person seeing it the other way, yeah, you might think you're insane and you might need medication or people tell you you need medication. But yeah. what, if, what if you're the one who's sane and everybody else is insane? It's just, it's just a nice thought experiment. Yeah, that's interesting because everything is perspective, perspective, right? So everything's how everything's you perspective. Yeah, that's that's really especially for because I personally know a lot of people who struggle with mental illness and a lot of people that are close to me that have bipolar. But I and mm. I've tried to because I've my background's in metaphysics. I've studied metaphysics and got certified, and I've always tried to kind of be a, a spiritual life coach to them. But I I did find a, a struggle with them. It's like hard to get them to see that perspective and take a step back from their struggles because they're so focused and engaged in um, the struggles and the bad parts of the mental illness that it's hard for them to kind of shift their perspective. So how did you, how were yeah. you to kind of do shift? The, and by the way, you have, uh, is bipolar two the, the, the worst one or the mild one or? Yeah. So since we talked about perspectives, this is a perfect seg segue. You say it's the worst one. Um, no, from a spiritual perspective, nothing is bad or worse, right? Everything is and everything is great. Um, but from my personal experience, um, I think that bipolar one, uh, we have mania and depression. Mania can become so dangerous that you do really stupid things that you really think you can fly or, or you spend money recklessly. Uh, bipolar two is more, it looks more like major depression. And you have hypermania. So the, the mania is not that crazy. So I, I never thought I was God and I could fly. I just had this burst of, of creativity and, and energy and which just gets stuff done. It's almost like I moved in a different time, um, not even time zone, but just 
time dimension and everybody else was in slow motion. But if, if I didn't slow down my body and thoughts, I would burn through the chemicals in my brain and I would crash into depression. Wow. So you can, you can regulate anything and that's what it actually is. It's, it's, you have so much energy, so much power. Um, we are, if you want to go with statistics or scientists, uh, Elon Musk thinks, I don't know what it, what it say. there's a one in a billion chance that this is not a simulation. So it might be helpful just to play with the thought that this isn't a, um, it is a simulation. And then I want to figure out how is it coded? Who built it? What are the rules? Um, what are the rules in each different dimension? How can you leverage them? Um, it's alchemy. So having a mental illness like bipolar, where you literally, um, God is singularity, right? The totality of everything, God created everything, including the underworld, including the devil, including all pain and suffering. You and me, we're the same thing. We are all God's creation. If you, if you come from that perspective, what bipolar is, it's, it's the two extremes. It's the opposite of singularity. It's like, extreme masculine, extreme feminine. It can also be extreme um, heavenly or extreme. It can be like hell, like literally. And, and that's, that's what creates excitement. That's what creates um, either romantic stories where there's attraction and a spark between the characters, or it creates um, that, that, that Batman versus Joker, these, these, these two characters, the villain and and the hero, but then it becomes blurry. Who is the villain? Who is the hero? Because again, it's just perspective. Mm -hmm. So if you open yourself up to that level of consciousness, you're not ready for it because from a human level and the way we have been conditioned, and if you want to call it brainwashing, it's, it could be a, also a term we can use. It can also just be like, this is what we agreed to, and this is the human experience you wanted to have, and it's sheep following um, the shepherd mm -hmm. and everything is, is just a game. Um, then yeah, people definitely think I'm crazy and insane. And at the same time, other people are like, wow, nah, he, 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 he has stuff figured out. So it's, um, it can be a lonely path if you're really true and authentic, because I think what many people do who have mental illnesses or are labeled with mental illnesses um, and it's human nature. We want to be like everybody else. And then we might try to act a certain way and it's not authentic. And, and, and that's where the big problem comes when it comes to men, uh, mental illness is actually the, the social stigma associated with it. Sure. Um, having depression, I, I would take mania over depression any day. For me, depression is the worst feeling you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just like there's, there's literally nothing going on. I, I, I rather take pain over depression. At least something is going on when you have pain. But depression is like there's nothing. You, you, you can be dead. Yeah. Like, or you, you want to be dead. But when you have hypomania, you're like, okay, you might, you might feel this terror and paranoia and you think you're God and then you do something in your mind and it actually happens outside in the physical world. And you're like, that's what all these spiritual masters have been talking about. <laughs> and then, wow, you know, and then, oh, I can't tell anybody about it. 
So that's it. It's it's anything that's powerful. Um, it's also potentially dangerous. Um, so is mental illness real? Yeah, definitely. And people sometimes need to be medicated or be, done, be put in a treatment plan. Um, what I what I see is that everything is spirituality and anything that brings you closer to realizing who you truly are and who you're not, right? When you realize you are God and you're not Maya, the illusion, you're not your ego, um, and everything else is you. If mental illness gets you to the point, and that's where it got me, where I'm like, I know I'm this brilliant man. I know I've done great things, but for some reason, something is holding me back. I want to figure out what it is and I'm willing to die for it because the life as it is right now is repetitive. It's boring. It doesn't even seem real to me. Something is not right with this current state of reality. I'm going to start investigating. And then I went beyond science and then I went beyond religion. I was like, okay, let me, let me take a break here now. This is, this is, this is getting scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. How, how long ago um, did you find out that you're bipolar? What age were you? So I'm 36 now. Uh, I'm turning 37 in a couple of weeks. And I was probably, I mean, there's a difference, right? In, in Europe, I grew up in Austria. Um, it's not, the medical field hasn't, as, hasn't been commercialized or consumerized as much. So people taking medications is not as common as it is here in the United States. And here I was diagnosed basically when I was going um, um, through my divorce because I was just unhappy. Right. So of course, yeah. But um, I think that was three years ago. And then I went through all the phases of, okay, this is interesting. They don't know what causes bipolar. They don't know if this treatment works. They don't know if the medication works. They want me just to give it a try and there's no plan about healing, getting off. And then he, that seems weird to me. And then one of the side effects of this antidepressant that my partner at the time was taking was, yeah, suicidal thoughts. And like, this sounds, this is just so weird to me. And then it seemed like a, it seemed like a spiritual trap, you know, like, Hey, you want to find God or do you want to, do you want to stay in the illusion for a little bit longer? Because if you take these medications, it's going to take away your psychic abilities. Therefore, you're not going to be challenged and you won't have to deal with things because you're going to basically be blind again. Right. So do you, do you want to be blind again? You stopped taking the medication? I did, but it wasn't voluntarily. It was because I was um, prohibited from taking them from police officers. Because I called 911 because uh-huh. I wanted to inquire about um, mental health services. Because I, what, was, what was the school in, in Florida uh, around Valentine's Day in 2008? The mass shooting at the school? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember the name. Yeah. But I, you remember, right? Yeah. A day later, I feel like I have to sledgehammer this weight of pain on my chest. I can't move. I can't get up. Right. At the time, I didn't understand what I was capable of doing. But what happened, I opened up my consciousness to that area. And I felt all the pain what was going on. And I didn't know what to do. So I called 911 because I thought, like, 
Yeah, I, I lost my health insurance. I just need something. I'm in pain and I, I want it to stop. And the lady asked me, what do you want to stop? And I was like, wow, that escalated quickly, right? So I think she, she was thinking of, I said, I want my life to stop. But I, I was referring to, I want the pain to stop. I need medical attention. And from there it escalated. Police officers came to my home. Like, I just like, it's like I woke up in the middle of the night. I didn't know what's going on. It was time to take my bipolar two medication. Somebody knocked at the door. I was like, okay, come in officers. Yeah. So this was, and they're like, no, put your hands on your back. So the first thing they did when they came into my place was put me in handcuffs. So I don't know if you have ever been in handcuffs, but if you ask for medical help and somebody comes and put you in handcuffs, like, even if you don't need medical help, that person becomes your enemy. You are, yeah. Your life is a danger. I was, I was, it was a threat. There were f- three white police officers in my apartment putting a black man in handcuffs who asked for medical help and, and they asked me all these questions. They would talk all at the same time. Their cameras would beep all the time. So if you have bipolar, you get super irritated with noises. Yeah. And you put in handcuffs and you, and it's, it's, a, it's super humiliating. Like somebody taking away your freedom and I asked them like, am I free to go? No, you're not free to go. Am I under arrest? No, you're not under arrest. I'm like, so the whole system, I thought like these people are insane. They want me to open up to them and talk to them, but they put me in handcuffs and they're like, sir, we have to follow protocol. So um, I, I wasn't allowed to medic- take the medication. Long story short, I ended up in an urgent care facility and Everybody said along the way, like, yeah, we can't give you medications because we're not a psychiatrist. Do you, do you see the irony here? Like, I, didn't, I, I knew I had no rights. And yeah. I was telling them, like, I asked for medical help. You guys treat me like a criminal. And they said, no, we don't treat criminals like that. Uh, I was touched and groped in all different body parts. It was a violation of my free will. It was disgusting. It was like sexual mol- molesting. And then it felt like torture because they were like, you can't take your medication. So if anybody who is on prescription medication, you know that you develop a certain kind of dependency on it. Yeah. Right. So that urgent care had a nursing station and I was forced to spend my night in a, in a chair in front of the TV, um, CNN, and they were just sending all this news, right, about the mass shooting over and over. Uh, so we all know that it's not really healthy to sleep and fall asleep while the TV is running, especially not if it's, if it's sensationalized news right. of a mass shooting, right? So it was like the whole situation was just so obscure and so insane. It was like I was just in, being there in handcuffs. And was, I felt like everybody else is here insane because if nobody suspected that I was mentally ill, I would have every right to just complain and ask for the manager because the way I'm being treated is unacceptable. But right. because they think I'm, I wanted to kill myself, I have no rights. So, yeah. And then even the room, um, the room had most essential lights. So anytime you would move, the light would turn on. So that's actually torture. That's the definition of torture. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when I stopped taking vacation. It was like, I will never ever be in a situation where my, where my physical and emotional well-being is compromised because somebody else can prevent me from taking the medication I need. I don't want to be dependent on any kind of medication. And that's when I stopped taking them. And, and that led to my spiritual awakening. Once my body detoxified, 
once I stopped eating meat, like I reduced meat, maybe I eat meat like 10% of the time if I need it for grounding. And I worked with a spiritual shaman and, and that basically healed everything. Um, and then wow. I saw what's going on and all right, so what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. So did you have a spiritual perspective of life before you got diagnosed with bipolar or? You oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. I was an altar boy. So even um, like every day before school, I would assist. And so going into it right away, you, you're trying to find the lessons in it and view it in a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Yeah. There was some point where I was atheist, I think as a teenager. And I was like, Phew, that that's a, that's really pretty exhausting because yeah. I, I, I just see, um, I have to go with the data here and there's clearly something that connects all of us. Otherwise, I don't know how to explain these things. Um, and then and as quantum physics, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, spirituality, quantum physics. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's this natural curiosity, um, having a framework, but then also having something that really drives you. What gives you the courage and the discipline to sit down and meditate, to sit down and investigate, to learn metaphysics, not just to walk, to talk, to talk, but to walk, the walk. There's a huge a, difference. A to, to learn. You have to have a reason. Okay. And my reason is that when I was mentally ill. That was my reason. Like, um, yeah, I had no choice. Like either, either die or heal. There's nothing in between. Yeah. So what, what can, uh, what would you say to people who are like currently in and out of mental hospitals and really struggling with this, who, who even have at certain points questioned their spiritual perspective on it and stuff, but kind of going in and out and kind of struggling to get past the, the symptoms of, of mental illness, such as like bipolar, how does someone kind of take a step back so they can start viewing it in a spiritual perspective and yes. themselves enough to see that way? So the shamanic spirit, so a shaman is somebody who talks to all aspects of consciousness. So you can talk to the sun, you can talk to the moon, like little kids talk to animals. So as a grown up, yeah, just start talking to things, right? Talk to your illness, talk to your body, talk to God, talk to yourself. And I see. you can do it in a way where people don't judge you for being crazy. But what happens if you ask questions, you always get an answer. And my question was, what's the lesson here? Yeah, I see. And then investigate like a scientist, right? You have to have a very scientific meth um, methodological approach, especially at the beginning. You have, to, you have to have logic. People treat spirituality for some reason different than they treat other physical aspects of life. The logic has to be consistent, right? And if you, if you go to five marketing people, one of them might be working for you and the other four might not be working for you, right? If you go to doctors, you, it's the same, you, right? You seek the experts, you seek the teachers. Once it's not beneficial, right. you, you, you let go of the teacher, the teacher disappears. And, and you just never stop seeking the truth. And that's what philosophy is. It's a philosopher is a truth seeker. Conscience. So I think, yeah, constant uh, search for answers and yeah. Yeah, I think questions starts that everything you know starts with a question. That's because I know for me that's kind of how I came also to my spiritual um, kind of awakening. You could say is I started questioning life as well. Um, but I was wondering also like um, 
for uh, what was my question? It was um, kind of passed my mind. Yeah, we talked about the the uh, framework, the the spiritual framework before the awakening or before getting uh, diagnosed with the mental illness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you. Um, how are you on medication currently? No, I couldn't do what I do oh, okay. on medication. And yeah, you it's a, feel yeah. pretty balanced and and kind of you haven't had any of the symptoms. No, I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, but I did because I did a something. I helped a client with their deepest, biggest fears, which is a really dangerous work with the unconscious, with the subconscious. So if you do that kind of work, it's going gonna, it's gonna to test everything you got. And that's why I'm not on, on, on camera today because I lost a lot of weight. Uh -huh. um, so what happened is that I went all the way up and all the way down. Um, I went, yeah. Like it's, it's the biggest bliss and the biggest shame and fear and terror. The biggest horror movie. And all at the same time, that's, that's singularity. So you currently experienced still like symptoms of bipolar, but you just see it in a different way and avoid the, the medication. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a trap. Yeah. I see. So, yeah. So for anybody out there, you heard me say, I'm, and I'm going to say, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just a guy who, who has a master's degree in economics, then got mentally ill. And then now through helping so many other people, I'm basically helping myself because it's, it's all me. It's all you. And that's a perspective, right? We all won. So there's nothing else but Keith and Thomas right now. Yeah. And so, everybody else can see themselves in us or not, right? Right. So when um, the, the symptoms come up sometimes, if you still get symptoms of like depression or even if it's mild, how do you manage that and kind of work through that? Yeah. So the way I do it is probably not something other people um, can do at this time, um, but I have to go back and see how I started um, because it's like, like this, it's almost like, yeah, um, yeah. You can explain the mechanics to some point, but then it becomes somebody's art and, and there's no way somebody can explain to you how they do it. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm like a painter who goes back to how did I first learn how to use the, the brush, uh, but it, it won't answer your question. I just, I, I'm not capable of putting it into words. Right, yeah, they people would understand their own experiences. And exactly. And, and, and that's the, that's the, that's so frustrating for us as humans in a physical world. Like we, 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 we used to learn from books and we can't and like, yeah. But that, and that's so what, what, what can I tell you? That's um, what you do as a coach then, right? Is you kind of help these kinds of people with struggling with, yeah. Sleep. And I work through that and manage their symptoms and stuff like that with a spiritual perspective, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's all about, um, and it happens to me too, right? That illusions get scattered, like yeah. And uh, somebody I trusted, I turn out was a trap. So even even I am doing this full time, and I'm I'm working with with transcending illusions which is really, really um, scary, right? The un There's nothing more scary than the unknown for a human. It's just so scary. But that's where the treasure is. But at the same time, um, my illusions got scattered because like, I just couldn't believe that somebody would do something like that to me. And I, I, I didn't want to 
to be true. You know what I mean? So this, um, all, the, all the healers or teachers, we are all human and we're, we're also struggling with attachments to certain paradigms of how we see the world. We also struggle with, with judgment or with fear. So um, this is, I think this is the approach, right? You, 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 I always pay attention to the feedback I'm getting from other people. And then having discernment and trusts and realize what is true, what is not true. And, and it's usually I feel it in my body. So this is the best tip I can give people. It's, um, it's not mind over matter. It is mind with matter. Right. You have to stop thinking in hierarchies. Everything is connected. Everything spirals. So your body can send your signal. And if your body contracts, it means that you might not it might not be a good idea to trust that person. If your body expands, it might mean that you, it is a good idea to trust that person. But what if this, the person you trust doesn't have as many Instagram followers as the person you don't trust, but more people trust the other person you don't trust, right? So that's what I mean. You, you, you have to trust and go with your own guidance, with your own compass, because other people do what other people do. And actually you will find out that most people don't even look at their own um, instrument panel or gauge where they are to just blindly do what other people do because they want to belong. Um, so that's, that's what I can tell you. You want to be together in hell or you want to be alone in heaven. So Sounds like a pretty extreme choice. Um, but sometimes it comes down to like, yeah, how much are you willing to um, sacrifice for this path and for your health? You don't have to. You can take medications and and, and you can live a happy or fulfilling life. It just didn't work for me. I can only talk from my perspective. Right. So, so like, what would you say then? What did you learn from questioning? What, what is there to learn from this when you were kind of got first diagnosed with bipolar and going through all of that? What did you learn and find out through that? Yeah. So with bipolar, what I learned is that, yeah, I wanted to have the easy fix because there was a promise. You take a pill and you feel better. Um, I didn't want to do the work, you know. Um, I only I only got one opinion, like I didn't get multiple opinions. But at the time, it was good for me to acknowledge I have a problem. I am mentally ill, or I have a mental illness. The mental illness doesn't define me. Right? Acceptance first, okay. Acceptance, yeah, and 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 that that takes. It's very humbling when you when I realized my own ignorance. I just didn't want it to be true. Right. So accepting the truth. You need to accept the Absolutely. truth. Sometimes somebody else's truth or, or perspective, because at the end of the day, all perspectives are valid and they all have value. Otherwise it wouldn't be given to you. Right. So, so what, what new perspectives or lessons did you learn from the experience of being diagnosed with bipolar and, and afterwards and dealing with the symptoms and everything? never stop questioning, never settle. Always, that's, that's what I learned. And then other people, other people give you advice. They don't bear the consequences of the advice, right? So I see. So that experience triggered that, that uh, reminder lesson to always question throughout life. So it kind of led to many other learnings probably then throughout life because you started questioning everything. Yeah. It, it, it gave me a sense of confidence, you know, like, 
if I can heal bipolar, what else can I do? Exactly. Because people told me it's not possible. Right. So every experience triggers a lesson. It's a matter of kind of learning it, seeking it, finding it. And that's, that's what people you say should do if they're, especially with mental illness, who are struggling with the symptoms of mental illness or whatever is to find the lesson within that, see what triggers the lessons and grow with that. Yes, Keith, that's beautiful. Just listening to you, my heart expanded. So that meant everything you're saying is absolute truth to me. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I see that. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because they say, I don't know, you believe in karma? How kind of karma can be taken on from past lives? So you may be, you know, coming into this lifetime with a mental illness or something as part of overcoming. Oh, yeah, yeah karma. there's karma, there's a script. And then um, the law of grace supersedes the law of karma. So I can clear karma. So, yes, it is true. Right. And no, it doesn't define your life. Because if you want to, you can shift it in, yeah. in an and, instant. Yeah. In clearing karma, I mean, from what I've learned in metaphysics, they say a lot of clearing karma is just really a matter of seeking the lesson within the struggles. Like the, the things exactly. that life is a part of your karma and you are meant to kind of go through that to find the lesson through that. And that's how you overcome it and grow from it. Exactly. Uh, and it's nothing more than an emotional right. charge. And sometimes the charge is stronger. Sometimes it's not as strong. It, the stronger it is, the more it's, it's going to get your attention. But absolutely, it's, it's, it's just a messenger. Get the message, the messenger disappears. Right, exactly. So that's, yeah, I think that's amazing. So that's what, you know, people out there who are struggling with any mental illness or things like that, it's just a matter of seeking the lesson through that and kind of being with yourself and, you know, going towards your faith and finding the lesson, growing with that lesson and, and where you can kind of implement it in other areas of your life and, and growing with that. Yes. And there's one more thing I would add to that because it always needs to be physical as well. Right. So in addition to what you said, Keith, with the lesson, it's also pay very attention, uh, good attention, close attention to the food you're eating. Uh, that was my next question. So you read my mind. I was going to ask you it <laughs> was that, that is because uh, you said you, you stopped eating meat and stuff. So I was going to ask if that has yeah. helped you. It's, 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 like, it's crucial. Right. It's the most important thing, actually. Um, so, I mean, I was an athlete. I played soccer and had people taking care of me. But, like, I learned when I was working out later on my own, I, I, I wasn't aware, yeah, that food actually, any bodybuilder or athlete can tell you how important food is. It's like the fuel you put into your body. And, and some people have a, a truck. They need diesel. Somebody, some people have a Ferrari. They need premium octane. Everybody's body is different, right. right? So forget all the diets out there. Go back to what we said before. Tune into your body. What, what is your body telling you? Um, if you have a mental illness and if you accept a shamanic spiritual perspective that everything is a lesson, then you also probably are accepting the fact that stress hormones and the intention that goes into growing and cropping the food, it's going to be in your body. So if you eat organic food, that might be a little bit more expensive, but you can actually get your body, get the nourishment and the purity of information it needs. Um, that alone can take away the symptoms. Um, so it needs to be some kind of physical thing as well. And I, I would say food was probably the most important thing for me in order to heal myself and spirituality is just 
for me, it's everything, right? So I, I can't even tell you what was more important because yeah. everything is spirituality. Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, you found your purpose through, through this experience of going, having the mental illness and everything. And, you know, it might be different yes. for everybody else. They, there's a different lesson for them. But um, with, the, with the diet, how would you say it kind of changed for you, like the, the way you feel or how has changing your diet helped you? Yes. The mood swings went away. So bipolar is manic depressive. It's, they say it's mood swings, right? And then um, hormones... If, if somebody is like, I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person. Uh, my sensitivity is very unusual for a man and then uh, introvert and everything. So, right. um, uh, yeah, the, the food in America and the United States, it's, it's really not good. Right. It's really bad actually. And we don't know it because some people have never left the country and that's all we know. And then we, we have health problems, but like, if you travel and you eat food from the, or you have the money to go to really, really good uh, like farmer's market and stuff, it's really expensive, right? And you do that for a week, you will see how your body changes and then a lot of symptoms yeah. go away overnight. It's, it's almost to a point where like, no, this is not a miracle. I'm, I'm almost, I'm pissed at the medical pharmaceutical industry. I'm really angry. Like it was at the point I was like, oh, I see what's going on, but I can't tell anybody because I don't want to sound like one of these, right? But I was like, wow, it's actually true. Yeah, so the food is everything. Yeah, right. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense because your diet is, you know, every, your body and everything's connected to your brain and, and even mm -hmm. like things like gluten, I know clog up your part, parts of your brain and stuff like that. And obviously mental illness is, um, you know, in a chemical imbalance in the brain or certain things like that. So like a diet can definitely kind of help the flow of balancing yeah. chemicals and stuff like that in the brain. So what about, what do you say to people who, cause there, I know a few people who've kind of gone on and off with accepting that they are bipolar or have mental illness and, and not like, how do you help somebody yes. kind of accept where they are with the mental illness? Yeah. First of all, don't accept labels other people give you, but just understand where they're coming from, their point of view. And learn about science, right? So there's a book, there are two tips. Um, and if, if somebody wants to write them down, um, the one book is from a psychiatrist, um, Van der Kock. I, I think he's from Belgium and the book is called The Body Keeps the Score. The Body Keeps the Score. And the DSM-5, it's the statistical manual for um, mental disorders. Um, they didn't include de uh, developmental childhood trauma as a disorder. So if you can't, so if you're a psychiatrist, you only have permission to diagnose somebody based on this manual. But if the manual doesn't list the illness that uh, many psychiatrists have recommended to put in there because a lot of children have childhood trauma trauma my parents divorced when i was six and i grew up in another country i had to I, I didn't speak a word german i didn't know like what's going on i missed my family i was heartbroken so if, if somebody like me doesn't address his trauma it's going to affect him as an adult and it's going to be suppressed emotions and it's going to manifest as mood swings but we don't have childhood trauma in the dsm5 so what i'm gonna do um let's let's go with the next specs oh bipolar 2 yes let's give it a bipolar 2 level 
And then let's use this medication. Um, the question you need to ask as a scientist, how many people need to be treated in order for this to work, right? So you need probabilities. You need, if you want to make a decision as an investor, where do you put your time, your money, you want to meet, know how likely a treatment is going to help you. So if this, it's a psychiatrist, if a scientist can't give you this information, it's two things. Either they don't know or they're not telling you. And, and that's where most people stop researching. And that's completely insane from one perspective. Because mm -hmm. if we go on, a, on, a, on vacation, we, 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 we probably do a lot of research to get the cheapest flight. We don't go with the best offer. We go back in, we go to, we, we ask friends, whatever. And then we find a good flight, a good trip hotel, and then we book it. But with mental illness, for some reason, all this logic, all this due diligence, all the responsibility, we throw it out the window and we go to our savior and, and people who have been through the medical field can tell you that a lot of hardworking people and a lot of people who really, really care about your health. And as in any industry, right? You go to a car mechanic, there's a car mechanic that's going to treat you well. And there might be a car mechanic that, that doesn't really care of, you know, and I, it's, it's business for them. Right. Yeah. So you, you need to have, responsibility and take responsibility and empower yourself as a patient that you truly want to heal. So you need to become the expert. I know more about mental illness than many professionals do because they have never experienced it. So I had to address it from many different angles, right? Exercise two hours a day, uh, yoga, and then over time you get better and better and then you can balance your energy field in a second, right? But right. when you start, when you start out, it might take 90 minutes. Um, so I put in the time and not everybody can do it, right? Not any, everybody can divorce his wife, uh, quit his job, and then basically say, like, I don't have, I don't have financial responsibilities. I'm going to heal. Um, I understand that not everybody can do that, right? So everybody's approach is different. And um, all I can say is, what if this is a computer game and you just chose to play a more difficult level? because you wanted to have a more difficult handicap, like right. in golf, right? So I like the word handicap way more than disability mm -hmm. because it makes me feel like a powerful athlete. Yeah, because, yeah, everything's a balance. So in mental illness, you still have an ability. You have other kind of balances out. I've heard a lot of the people say who have bipolar who kind of something with their brain that they can see more, they, they kind of their gifts yes. come out, right? So it's like it's a matter of yeah, all perception and just seeing yourself in a different way, finding those the lessons. Uh, this has been a great conversation, definitely uh, learned a lot. So I think that the big takeaway is that to, to seek the lesson in your experience, to find what it is that you're learning and apply that to all of your other aspects of your life and grow with that. Yeah, I really like that, Keith, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it's been amazing. So, for for other people who um, you know, might need kind of help with guidance, where can they find you? Yes, the best thing is my website, thomasbetrusted.com. So my name is Thomas Bartholomew Thornton, and Thomas B E T R U S T E D. Um, it's a reminder that yeah, I'm not supposed to lose my mind, but always make sure that I help people with pure intentions. And then, yeah, I work with people who have schizophrenia and all kinds of things. But um, all I do is only provide a perspective 
and it's completely up to the client um, if they want and how they want to change and have their life continue. Right. It's always up so to the, them. Yeah. It's always up to them. You have a choice, Keith, and everything is your free will choice. And nobody can take away your free will. Exactly. You have to want to change and you have to want to help and be helped and be healed. So it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate uh, you coming on. It's been awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Keith. I really appreciate what you do. It's my honor to be here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.